0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hassan, back with a brand new episode here in The Truth, joined once again by AJ Conciano. AJ, how are you doing here today?
1: I'm doing pretty good. I mean, it's been a while since it feels like we've recorded an episode, yeah. so it's,
0: uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's been, you know, kind of a weird schedule. I mean, obviously, we've just been doing the playoff podcast, which is once a week, so we've only been doing one show there, and then last week... We both had so many different things going on that I ended up doing the show by myself. So it's been basically two weeks since we've been together. So it's nice to get back in the swing of things here. Couldn't have came back at a better weekend with it being, you know, conference championship week. So there's just a lot of great football going on and and upcoming here in the NFL. And so I'm really excited to dive deeper into it. Excuse me. Anyways, guys, today, as mentioned, we're going to be doing our conference championship preview. We'll first review how we quickly fared there in the divisional round. We'll go over our three takeaways from that divisional round. And then we'll go into the two conference championship games, kicking things off in the AFC Conference Championship. Ravens and the Chiefs, two keys to success, both sides, and our game prediction. And we'll do the same for the NFC. So it should be a relatively quick show, especially compared to our first show and compared to our last show. Which is part of it, especially as you get closer and closer. There's only, you know, two, one matchups remaining. So, first of all, let's go ahead and take a look at our divisional round. The first divisional matchup, the Texans and the Ravens. AJ and I both had the Ravens winning that game there. So, 1-0 there. Chiefs, Bills, AJ got that right. He got the Chiefs winning the game. I got that one wrong. I said the Bills were going to win. I guess I'm a little bit dumb. Next we had the 49ers Packers, AJ and I both got that right. And AJ also got the Lions right and the Bucks wrong. So AJ, another perfect slate here. I think you were five for six last week or the, the wild card round. And so getting four right here. I mean you keep on your pick'em hot streak. I know we haven't done do it excuse me, we haven't done a pick'em in a while, but it seems to be that you've continued to uh, to stay hot, which is unfortunate to say the least. But what were some takeaways you had from the divisional round?
1: So the first one's got I'm gonna start with that first game, the Texans ravens I mean, Lamar's showing that he's, he's going to be MVP. Uh, if you guys have listened from like early on, like midseason, I said Lamar's having a very underrated season and he, and he may be the MVP. So that was a really early call out that I had. Uh, it seems like that's how it's going to be. But I mean, my main takeaway from that game is the Texans are just a few pieces away. Uh, maybe a little bit of O line help. Uh, and then definitely defensively, uh, safeties and corners really getting burned. I mean, Lamar kind of did it all two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns. Over 100 rushing yards, 152 passing yards. So, not really much the Texans could do. He was doing it both ways. It's kind of hard to defend the guy Lamar when he's got both those going, especially uh, four combined touchdowns, uh, two two through there, two through on the ground. But there's a few pieces of ways. it seems like. I mean, Stroud just taking over this team uh, the year after they had the second overall pick uh, and then trading up to get the third overall pick. That looks like a great trade now because they traded away. Uh, their first-round pick this year, and that first-round pick is in the 20s now. So was a great trip there, but they're just a few pieces away. Next up, the Packers still can't beat the 49ers in the playoffs. It's one of the things. The Packers always beat the Cowboys in the playoffs uh, or towards the end of the season when they have a matchup. But on the flip side, the Packers can never beat the 49ers. The 49ers keep on winning. I believe Brett Favre is the only quarterback to have a winning record against the 49ers in the playoffs. Both Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers now uh, have both have losing records. So it's been a while since the Packers have been able to get past the 49ers. And then Mahomes, I know this has been a little bit more of uh, a topic that's been around for a while. But the Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes rivalry turning turning more into that Brady uh, Manning rivalry. I mean, we saw a lot between Brady and Manning uh, in the playoffs. Obviously, Brady had a lot more success in the playoffs than Manning did. But it's kind of like how it is right now with Mahomes and Allen. Mahomes being that Brady guy, having a lot more success in the playoffs. Uh, and Allen being more of the Peyton Manning. Uh, on more of Peyton Manning's side, He may get a win a win here and there, but we haven't seen it quite yet. And the rivalries uh, definitely started to heat up, uh, especially this year uh, with the game, how it went, only losing by three, losing by uh, missing the game tying field goal uh, against the Chiefs. I mean, it's just one of those rivalries, I think, that's really starting to grow, I think, next year if Allen's able to beat Mahomes in the playoffs, uh, this, that conversation would definitely be up more.
0: Yeah, so my first takeaway was just the Texans' juice ran out. Look, the Texans were playing hot. I've been uh, very against the Texans, to say the least, this season. But got to give them credit where credit's due. Got to give C.J. Stroud credit. I Got to give Danico Ryans a lot of credit. He did a really great job of taking that Texans team that, as you mentioned, had the second overall pick and made the postseason. I mean, they kept it close with the Ravens. I think it was tied at halftime. And then, you know, the Ravens just pulled away. So good to see there for the Texans having success overall. But at the end of the day, like, it feels like their juice just ran out. You weren't really expecting the Texans to win it all, but you were pleased to see the Texans, you know, have a good amount of success. And obviously, if you're a Texans fan like Jackson, you know, my boy, you'd be pleased to see where the Texans are at. The biggest thing that I have is can they sustain it, right? Can they sustain that success? And can they be, you know, contending every season? Or are they just a one-hit wonder and, um, you know, kind of got lucky this year? I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that's something to really consider. But they got a great founding block there. They're uh, going to have some great draft picks coming up here. And uh, continue to have success. I felt like there was guys that really were younger, like John Mechie, that really didn't have that much of an impact on this team. So I really do believe this Texans team is in a good position. Unfortunately, their juice seemed to run out here in the divisional round. Second, I said Chiefs surprise in Buffalo. Look, you talk about that Mahomes-Allen rivalry. The Chiefs honestly surprised me in Buffalo. I thought Buffalo, being at home, we're going to be able to win that game. Obviously, Bills Mafia has been waiting for a Super Bowl, and so you look at the Buffalo Bills as a whole, and I really thought they were going to win this game. I keep, I guess, betting against the Chiefs, not saying that it's going to be the Chiefs' year this year, but I guess i got to admit that the Chiefs you know, are playing great football, and they've been there, done that, right? I mean, the Mahomes, Kelsey era they've already won two Super Bowls, so they know what it's like there. And it's just one of those things that they're just going to continue to do, and it feels like it's kind of hard to bet against them. You look at all the quarterbacks in the AFC, you know, conference as a whole, I feel like there's so many great options and I really believe like every AFC quarterback could win a Super Bowl time in and time out. I mean, every year it seems like all these quarterbacks like the Josh Allen's, the Joe Burrow, who wasn't even in the postseason. Granted, he did injure himself, but still, like there's so many great quarterbacks out there. It's hard to believe that only one quarterback wins the Super Bowl every year. But I thought it was a surprise to say the least. I was really expecting Buffalo to win this game here, especially since I had the Chiefs losing in the first round. But they just weren't able to get it done. The Bills were able to come away with the victory. So goodbye, Buffalo, in that part there. And finally, I just said the 49ers survived. Look, the 49ers did not play great football there against the Packers. Kind of got lucky, but, you know, survive in advance. And that's what you got to do at that point. And so for the 49ers to survive that game, it was huge for them. They got to play a lot better, though, next week against the Detroit Lions. Otherwise, you know, the Lions are going to be able to make it to the Super Bowl. So that was my biggest thing. My takeaways: there are some surprises, but I think there was also some things that Really expected there. So let's go ahead and take a look at the NA, uh, sorry, the AFC Conference Championship game. Three seed Chiefs taking on the one seed Ravens. Go ahead and give me your two keys to success for the Chiefs.
1: So Chiefs defensively cannot let this, cannot let Lamar do what He did against uh, the Texans. Both be able to be on the uh, have the run game and the pass game wide open. Uh, four 12- touchdowns, two through the air, two on the ground. Over hundred rushing yards, 150 passing yards. You can't allow him to do both. Once he does both like that, I mean, it's almost unstoppable. This offense is almost unstoppable for the Ravens. The Chiefs have to just allow one of them because it's really hard to take away both. Just either make make out or make Lamar ha- have to stay in the pocket uh, and be more of a pass this game, or maybe uh, and or maybe just let him have a lot more of those runs and be more of that coverage team, uh, and allow maybe like those two or three yard runs, but nothing more than that or maybe just allow the, allow the run if they're able to create a lot of pressure early on. And then Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, what, what happened? I mean, I know he scored two touchdowns, but he disappeared in the second half. I mean, he was great during the first half. A good amount of catches, okay amount of yards, two touchdowns, but he disappeared in the second half. I think he had maybe one or two catches uh, in the second half, and it wasn't like it was a blowout game. It was a close game until the end. I mean, the Bills had a chance to go down tight, uh, to end regulation uh, and they didn't they, they didn't do that but Kelsey was not a factor there uh, and it definitely h- hurt the Chiefs offense moving the ball on the field with Rasheed Rice uh, kind of having a leg injury that happened I want to say in the second quarter he was off to a really hot start once he was out I thought Kelsey was going to get a lot more targets especially in the second half and he just disappeared he wasn't there in the second half whatsoever so they, they definitely need him a better defense like the Ravens defense and uh, the Ravens, who I expect to have a pretty good game here. Kelsey has to be uh, relevant in the first half and the second half of the game.
0: Yeah, so my first key to success is keep it rolling. To be quite frank, I mean, I'm 0 2, I'm picking the Chiefs against the Chiefs, I should say. I'm 0 2, you know, I picked the Bills and I also picked the Dolphins. So I don't know why I did that in the wild card round, but keep it rolling. They're playing great football. Obviously, they've had some drops, but they're playing great defense. Chris Jones has done a really good job there of manning that defense. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes has done a great job of manning the offense. As you mentioned, Kelsey, as I mentioned, you know, as a key to success. He got going in the first half, then went back to his Kelsey this season where he just is not efficient whatsoever. So for him, and really this team as a whole, it's going to be important to get him going alongside guys like Rashid Rice, obviously MBS. So we'll see what the Chiefs are going to be able to do, but just keep it rolling. Keep playing great football. You're going into another difficult environment. I think me personally, I was counting against the Ravens, it felt like, every week. And so... For the Ravens to have the success that they've had this season and and continued success, to say the least, it's going to be something that they're obviously hoping to continue to have in this matchup here. And You know, the Ravens are a really good team from top to bottom. So how are they going to be able to have that success is going to be curious. Secondly, I put in all caps, take away Lamar. I mean, I keep saying this in every key to success against the Ravens, but... I honestly believe Lamar is like the only piece of that offense. I think there's some teams that you can make an argument, obviously, have other key factors, but with the Ravens, this offense just runs entirely through Lamar. Whether that's passing the football or rushing the football, if Lamar Jackson doesn't have a great game, then the team as a whole doesn't do very well. So, take away Lamar, it seems obvious, but if they really take away Lamar, where uh, they have Dalvin Cook and Gus Edwards run for 400 yards, no. So, take away Lamar, make them run the football, and Honestly, if you're the Chiefs, just hold the possession as much as you can. But take a away Lamar will help dramatically. Okay, your two keys to success for Baltimore. Uh,
1: so my first success, a uh, key success for Baltimore is take away the run game. Uh, the run game has been very solid last few game, the last few weeks uh, with Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco has been great. I mean, uh, if you have to make the Chiefs do anything, uh, take away the play action, taking away those trick plays that they. Love to run, especially when it gets to the playoffs. They they open up the open that playbook and dive deep into it to get a lot of just weird plays. But if you're able to take away Pacheco and just have Mahomes make plays, it sounds weird at this point. But I I'd rather have Mahomes uh, not have a run game and have to go out there and sling it than having a run game and being a little bit more conservative. And this isn't a knock against Mahomes; it's more of a knock against his receivers. I mean, Kelsey uh yes he had the two touchdowns early on but like i mentioned before the second half disappeared didn't make any tip plays rasheed rice has been really good but uh i'm not exactly sure what that injury uh is going to be and how much that's going to affect him this you know i would guess he'd be fine but outside of rasheed rice there's no other wide receiver i really trust mvs had a solid play uh the yardage play i believe against the uh bills but I don't really trust MVS. Kadarius Kater- Tony. I mean, I wouldn't throw him in the ball at this point. You can't really name any other like receivers. I feel like on this team uh, that are super reliable. So if you're able to take with Pacheco, who's been really good the last three to four weeks, especially in the playoffs, these last these last two weeks, uh, I would almost rather have Mahomes have to sit back there against that latest defense and uh, attempt to pick apart the team. And then my second one is Mark Andrews potentially coming back. Uh, as of today, he's still questionable of when we're recording this, but there's a chance or he's, he's expected to potentially play this game. Now, as you mentioned before uh, earlier, that, that with the Ravens, it's really just Lamar. It feels like if he doesn't have a good game, the Ravens are just not, Ravens' offense is going to die out because they don't really have a big name guy. But if Mark Andrews is able to come back and be healthy, that's a big playmaker. Uh, he's be- very well rested. Yes, he's still coming off an injury, but Mark Andrews is a game changer. I would say the second-best tight end in the NFL when he's healthy. I think one of those things is if he does come back and play, there's a good chance that this Ravens this team could be even more scary, especially uh, getting that extra week off uh, if they win this game and go to the Super Bowl. I mean, our- Mark Andrews could be uh, one of the best uh, kind of comeback end of the year stories that, that we don't really see that often.
0: Yeah, so my first key to success for the Chiefs, I'm sorry, the Ravens against the Chiefs is take away Travis Kelsey or Rasheed Rice. I mean, it's obvious, but they really got to put an emphasis on that. And if they're able to put an emphasis on it, I think this team is in a far better position. You take a look at last week, Kelsey had five catches for 75 yards and two touchdowns. Rasheed Rice had four catches for 47 yards and Buffalo played pretty solid. I mean, the Mahomes, I should say the Mahomes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was able to get other weapons involved. And Buffalo played pretty solid defense, at least in my opinion. But I really do believe that that's going to be keys for the Ravens in this matchup. I think if they take away at least one, obviously if they take away both, you're going to force the ball into you know some players' hands that clearly have not caught the ball out this season. Maybe guys like Kadarius Toney, I know he's been out last couple of weeks because of injury, but there's guys in this roster that aren't the best receivers. I mean, Rashid Rice was a guy that nobody was talking about, including myself at the beginning of the season. And we all know what he ended the season with. And obviously Travis Kelsey being one of the best tight ends of ever. Um, You know, it's one of those things that you take away them. It's, it seems simple, but it's like what Bill Belichick always tries to do of taking away their best player. And if they're able to take away their best player, you have to rely on a surrounding cast. that to be quite Frank, isn't necessarily built to the test. In my opinion, Look at this, roster from top to bottom. If there is one team out of these two teams that I think you can't really, you know, if if you were like a team, for example, like the Ravens, like you could survive losing a player or two. But if you're the Chiefs, like you can't survive without Travis Kelsey or Steve Rice, in my opinion. So take them away. It's going to be huge. And then my second key to success was get 120 rushing yards from your running backs. Again, kind of a weird one here. But. I just kind of put a number of 120. I think that'd be crucial for the Baltimore Ravens to have success as a whole because, yeah, the Ravens do a great job of running the football, but a lot of the running seems to come from their quarterback. Now, obviously, last week was a little bit different just because they were running all over the Texans and you know they were able to have a lot of success. But you see them rush the ball here around 40 times and maybe 200 yards and a couple of touchdowns. They won 34-10. to 10. Not only were they taking possession away from the team like the Texans and they can do the same here against the Chiefs but they were getting Lamar way more comfortable obviously Lamar is very comfortable as a quarterback but giving him that extra time as well it's just something that's completely underrated I think time of possession you really kind of see it boiled down to running the football effectively and I think time of possession is one of the most important stats in all football especially when you got an extremely good playmaker like the uh the Ravens do and then you look on the flip side time of possession with uh, uh, x-factor like the Chiefs do and Patrick Mahomes so Take away the time possession rush the ball for about 120 yards. You should find yourself in a really good position, in my opinion. All right, that aside, give me your game prediction.
1: So I'm going to go, I'm not sure if this is upset, but Chiefs has been hot, but I'm going to go with the Ravens. I called this a while back, but the Ravens may be a Super Bowl uh, contender this year, Lamar being the MVP. I had the Ravens winning this 31-21. to 21. Uh, The Ravens offense, I think as a whole, uh, can be better than the Bills. That the Bills have a little, little more named players, but especially if Mark Andrews does come back and is a factor, I think that's a big part of this Ravens offense. offense that they're getting back. And this Ravens defense, in my opinion, is much better than the Bills defense. So I have them winning uh, a good amount, or by 10 here. But I think the Chiefs will make it interesting uh, throughout the game. I think the Ravens will pull out at the end. I think they'll be up by a touchdown, uh, get a turnover, or uh, force like a four. Now go down, have Justin Tucker take a Kick a field goal, and make it a double-digit lead, and just kind of, kind of ruin the chances of the Chiefs coming back later in the game.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens winning this game as well, 31 to 27. I talked about the Ravens being in the AFC Championship on the first playoff show, but I had said the Browns were going to beat them, and the Browns didn't even make it out the first round. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the Ravens in this one. I've been betting against the Chiefs all postseason, just like I have against the Lions, and both teams you know have one game. So. You know, I could be, uh, you know, helping the Chiefs out here, but in all, in all honesty, I think the Ravens. Are actually, I know the Ravens are a better team. And the biggest question mark for the Ravens is what success are they going to be able to have against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Because Lamar is obviously looking for his first Super Bowl, but Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs already have had a couple of Super Bowls. So, you know, what impact does that make? And how much success are they really able to have? It's going to be something that's going to be a tall tale task, but I think it's something that the Ravens are you know, put up for, and obviously it's a really good team top to bottom. So the biggest thing is, is what that success is going to be and, and how is it going to be sustained. And I think if they're able to sustain it very accurately, this is going to be a very good game for them. So I'm going to go with the Ravens winning this game here, 31-27. to 27. Let's go ahead and switch gears to the NFC Championship game. We got the number three seed Detroit Lions taking on the number one seed, San Francisco 49ers. Go ahead and give me your two keys to success for the Detroit Lions.
1: So the first one is, is just slow down Christian McCaffrey. I think at this point, I think it's clear that you can't stop Christian McCaffrey and take him out of games. But if you're able to slow him down, down and make Brock Purdy uh, have to go out and really pass for a lot more, more, more yards and pass more than what uh, I feel like he's he's comfortable with. You know, slow down McCaffrey. He's to Slow down his 49ers offense. Now, that is a tall task uh to kind of to go against. But trying to slow down McCaffrey going to be a big part of this offense. I mean, he led the NFL in t- total touchdowns, uh scrimmage yards. I mean, slowing down McCaffrey is a huge part of this game. And, and then keep the good mix of the ground game and the air game uh, for the Lions. Uh, last week, Golf did throw a little bit more than what I think was. Than what we're used to seeing, he had 43 pass attempts, but he also was 30 for 43. So, very good completion percentage there. No turnovers, 287 287 yards, two passing touchdowns on the ground. I mean, golf had six rush attempts, but I mean, when's golf gonna have six rush attempts ever again in his career? (laughs) But uh, David Montgomery 10 rush attempts, 33 yards. Gibbs was the main feature back here, did have one less carry, but more explosive on the backfield, nine carries for 74 yards. Uh, and a touchdown, but Monra had that huge catch towards the end of the game to kind of seal it. I uh, was like a, want to say right around 20 yard catch. Uh, it was should have been tackled like yard short and a little extra effort at the end. But he had eight catches, 77 yards, a touchdown. Laporta, PPR guy in this last game, of nine catches, 65 yards. I mean, it's one of those things that if they're really able to bring back that uh, mixture of ground and an air game. Uh, Grant, this was, a lot, of course, this was a lot, of course, a game that went need to be uh, towards the end with the Bucks scoring, scoring later in the game. But if they're able to bring back that Montgomery and Gibbs duo where between the both of them, it's like tw- closer to 25, 27 carries and, and uh, Jared Goss right around like, 30, 32 pass attempts. A good mixture that we've seen from the Lions, I think, has really helped their success be able to get this point in the season. So if they're able to have that uh, combination of the ground in the air game going against this really good 49ers defense it's gonna be a lot hard and they won't be as predictable
0: so the first key to success i have was rattle the 49ers like the packers did whatever the packers were doing and i thought the packers played great i mean i I think the packers as a whole you know really surprised a lot of people just like the Texans, including myself but the Packers did something to just rattle the 49ers and maybe it was the 49ers being a little bit dusty, just being off two weeks of rest, especially with their starters there. But whatever the Packers did, I'm sure they're not going to share their secrets because they're division rivals, but just rattle the 49ers a little bit, make them feel uncomfortable because you are the team that's hot, right? You had to play two games in advance. You played two games, the 49ers have played one. Yeah, you're going to play in San Francisco, but still it's going to be a great environment for Jared Goff and his team. And so, you know, kind of rattle them a little bit, have some success, just, you know, taking away the football or, or whatever it is to get the 49ers, um, you know, a little bit uncertain about themselves. And secondly, I said, feed Amon I mean, Amon Ra's had a great season. It feels like in the playoffs, he's one of those guys that just continues to have mounting success no matter what. Obviously the running game for the Lions is huge, but I think feeding Amon Ra is a little bit of an uh, X factor that I think is talked about, but hasn't been talked about as much as maybe I was expected it to. Last week, Monron had eight catches for 77 yards and a touchdown, which is very solid, especially for a wide receiver one. You obviously like to see those numbers there. And the touchdown is a big one, too, uh, being able to get in the the end zone there. Take a look at the wild card round. He had seven catches for 110 yards. So they've been doing a good job of getting him going, obviously, Laporta. Good to see Laporta not go down with a season-ending injury against Minnesota, and he was able to be in the postseason thus far. Uh, Amon Ron and Laporta, also guys like Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield, Josh Reynolds, get those guys going. But I think feeding Amon Ron, getting him 10-plus receptions, uh, you know, you look at these games as a whole, when the Lions have had success against good teams, it's when they've gotten Amon Ron like 10 catches. And I think sometimes teams are a little bit hesitant to just feed their wide receiver, feed their running back. But in this case, it's really worked out. And so being able to continue to do that is something that I think is going to be huge for Detroit. Because obviously the running game is there, but this passing game is really what separates You know, a win for Detroit or a a win for the 49ers. All right, now give me two keys to success for San Fran.
1: So create pressures. It's been uh, one of the big parts of this uh, defensive line for 49ers, having uh, one of the best DNs in Nick Bosa and having guys uh, like Chase Young on the other side. Was creating pressures and getting sacks. They really haven't been able to do do that the last few weeks. Uh, Last week, I want to say against the Packers, one or two, sacks there none, none of them was from nick bosa the week before uh and then two weeks before that they didn't play obviously in the wild card weekend to proceed but against the rams no sacks there i want to say they had, had two at the end now it was a game that really didn't matter but uh they didn't really create a lot of pressures against the commanders uh nick bosa wasn't much of a feature there uh, either he didn't have any sacks his team as, uh, as a whole i want to say only had two sacks uh as a whole, or as an entire unit. So it's just creating pressures. It's been one of the big things that they were able to do a whole lot, especially guys like uh, Jared Goff creating pressures and having him uh, create turnovers is when this Lions offense really gets stalled out. Obviously not having the ball in possessions, but golf starts to uh, try to do too much, and then you make have to make golf uh, make plays because you have to abandon the run game a little bit earlier than what they would like to. So both are really going and uh, creating pressures and getting sacked, And then Purdy... Uh, just don't turn the ball over, kind of like Jared Goff. Uh, once Purdy starts turning the ball over, that's kind of when his team goes downhill. Uh, now, we haven't seen a lot of that, but uh, uh, Purdy, he's a good quarterback. He's a little bit better than just a system quarterback, but on our other hand, like just don't turn the ball over. You have offensive weapons. Uh, be, just be safe with the ball. Don't create turnovers. It won't be a close game. And also, don't just don't put the ball in harm's way against the Packers. Uh, he had a lot more pass attempts than I think that uh, we're used to seeing. He had uh, 39 pass attempts, attempts, 23 for 39. So not the greatest completion percentage there. Not a lot of yards. I mean, having another uh, having – having a quarterback that isn't going to be uh, that much of a gunslinger, only one passing touchdown. It's just don't put the ball in harm's way. I think that's been a big part of this 49 season when they were on that more three-game losing streak. Uh, I think Curry has some turnovers. Uh, Especially against the Ravens, where he had the four interceptions. It's one of those things just don't put the ball in harm's way with Purdy, and this 49ers offense and defense are good enough to just win games.
0: Yeah, so the first key I said was just get Christian McCaffrey, maybe, I don't know, 160 plus yards. Look, I think he had about 130, 140 last week. Obviously, had those two rushing touchdowns, was a very key. to to success for the 49ers but i think especially against this lions front as a whole if you're able to get christian mccaffrey not only great rushing yards but also great receiving yards this is a team that's a far superior team if we as we've seen throughout the season so give mccaffrey 160 plus yards if they get mccaffrey 160 plus total yards i think this game is going to be a blowout. i really do and then secondly, again, another takeaway, which I said for the Bucs, but take away this Lions running game. I really feel like when the Lions running game has been taken away, and I feel like I sound like a broken record because I say this every time I talk about the Lions, but it's true. Because whenever the Lions get their running game taken away, you put the ball in Jared Goff's hands. And a lot of times, you know, it doesn't work well, especially when there's a lot of pressure on Jared Goff. And obviously you look at the ends that the 49ers have, like uh, I almost said, uh, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, excuse me, and Chase Young. It's going to be one of those things that's going to be you know, difficult for the the Lions to have sustained success running the football. So I think if they're able to take it away early and often, this is a 49ers team that could quite honestly kind of seal the game early on depending on how their offense plays. So being able to take away that Lions running game and force the ball into Jared Goff's hands is going to be one that, that's going to be paramount for their success and really going to determine not only if they're going to win the game, but by how much or how big the impact really is in that matchup. And speaking of which, go ahead and give me your game prediction.
1: So I do have the 49ers winning this game. Uh, I'm gonna have this actually be a closer game as well. Twenty-seven to twenty Forty ers uh, 49ers haven't been putting have, up uh, like monster mm-hmm. numbers, uh, especially interested in general in the points category. The last few times they've had all their starters out there, and I expect it against the Lions' defense that I actually really like. Into uh, them not to put up that many points, but I think they're gonna put up twenty-seven. Uh, hey. And the Lions, I mean, I think they're going to get stalled out in the second half. I think, but the, they'll have a decent run game. But I think the 49ers defense is good enough to kind of realize uh, the point that you made. If you take away that run game and make it Jared goff, uh, really have to be a game, uh, have to go out and win the game. Uh, not gonna to, he's not going to have, he doesn't really have the ability to do that uh, with this team at the moment. So, yeah, I haven't been a little closer. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, which, I mean, there's definitely a blowout opportunity, but
0: 27 I'm going to go 37-24 49ers. I felt like the 49ers were kind of not necessarily holding back because that's obviously what they weren't doing. But they really didn't show as much potential as they should have because they are the best team in the NFC. And so looking at the 49ers as a whole, I think they're going to win this game by a good 13 points. Maybe it'll be like a 20-point lead, and the Lions will get kind of a garbage-time touchdown. But I don't think there's going to be too much stress for the 49ers. It should be a good matchup, though. I expect a lot of points from the 49ers. I felt like their offense was held back a little bit. Um, but it should be a good game. But I'm going to go ahead and go with the 49ers winning this game here, 37-24. to 24. We'll see what happens here, if the Lions are able to come away with an upset or if the 49ers are going to be marching their way to the Super Bowl and hopefully that Lombardi Trophy. Thank you guys for listening to another episode here on The Truth. If you guys did enjoy it, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter. The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information you don't want to miss. Make sure you guys also follow The Truth on Instagram and TikTok at the.tt.truth, as we do an Instagram Live every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and post the highlights and clips from those Instagram Lives on our Instagram and TikTok pages. Are you looking to find a drink that offers peak hydration, raises your energy levels, speeds up your recovery, and keeps your mind sharp to focus and memory? Look no further than the acid rainwater. I'm excited to partner with Bloodland Sports AZ and Acid Rainwater, which focuses on peak hydration and productivity, while also maintaining an ecosystem-friendly product. Use code HESSON15, that's H-E-S-S-O-N-1-5, for 15% off every purchase. Like I said, guys, it's been a while since AJ's been on. We got this show and then the Super Bowl show in two weeks. So, guys, make sure you guys stick up to that. Hopefully you guys do enjoy watching this AFC and NFC championship battles as the football season continues to come closer and closer to an end. As always, I'm your host, the one you love the most, joined once again by AJ Ponciano. We appreciate the support as always, and we'll see you guys in the next episode.